Good evening and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It is the 22nd of January, the waning moments of the 22nd of January. Um, a day celebrated in infamy uh, to honor the memories of the 63 million plus unborn children that have been killed as a result of Roe versus Wade. Provocative language, perhaps, but I wanted to do the podcast tonight just as a bookend to how we started the week on um, Martin Luther King Day. And so here we have the March for Life, maybe the last time in Washington, D.C. We'll have to wait and see. Right now, the uh, it's uh, Dobbs versus uh, Jackson's Women's Health Clinic is the court case. The Supreme Court is pondering over for the next six months. Uh, one of many, of course, but it's it's the case that everybody cares about. And I wanted to talk a little bit about about the ramifications of that case. Here, here's here's how I feel about it. Looking at it politically, the worst thing that could happen to the Republicans, well, the worst thing that could happen is that the justices decide to do nothing. And you can never discount that possibility with the Supreme Court. Remember, the Supreme Court has said that separate but equal facilities are perfectly fine. The Supreme Court has said that blacks are not human or not citizens and never can be citizens. Supreme Court, while saying in modern day that um, marriage can be between whomever, still leaves a, an anti-bigamy law on the book on the books that is over a century and a half old. So you never know what the Supreme Court is going to do. The worst case scenario is that, in my view, really is, is that the Supreme Court just completely guts Roe, throws it out, says that states can decide on abortion. While that may be morally the optimal solution, politically it's a loser for the Republicans. And because the reason I mention that is that polling consistently shows that a majority of Americans want to have to allow some access to abortion. There's some other things that polling shows, which Democrats are not going to be as likely to tell you. Polling shows that 
a, an even larger majority of Americans think that there should be significant restrictions on abortions, particularly later-term abortions. Now, we want to be clear here. Democrats, as a party, not perhaps as individuals, Democrats as a party believe that until the mother is wheeled out of the hospital with the baby, abortion is a viable choice. They've even talked about that publicly. About whether or not they should let a baby just die. Think about that one for a minute. Instead of trying to try to walk a more middle track like Bill Clinton did back in the day, which, of course, Bill Clinton doesn't walk this track anymore, um, but Democrats, in the, the majority of Democrats, 30 years ago, believed in the mantra safe, legal, and rare when it came to define abortion. And the scare tactics were, of course, that that they would um, wanted to leave the avenue available for the life and health of the mother. That's all well and good, of course. But that's not where they are now. The vast majority of nations have significant restrictions, if not outright bans, on middle to late term abortions, or we'll use the term once the baby becomes viable outside of the womb. The vast majority of nations, in fact, there's only seven nations that allow abortion as a, uh, by choice for for no you know the mother wants it at some point after the nation has determined uh, a, a point in the pregnancy that the baby is viable the united states stands hand in hand with china and north korea and a few others in allowing abortion on demand up to until birth or after. That's good company. China and North Korea. That was sarcasm, by the way. However, uh, complete elimination of some protection of abortion politically is not good for the Republicans. Now, what I think will happen is that the court will take the notion of viability and run with it. And they may say 
that after a certain period, whether that period is the 15 weeks is the Mississippi law or 20 weeks or 28 weeks, that the court will say that up to a certain point, the the right, I don't know how you call it a right, the right to kill another human being, but but the right to have an abortion will probably be protected. And in reality, that is the best case scenario for Republicans going into the 2022 election, because that leaves the Democrats with no issue on abortion. Because the last thing the Democrats really want to do, say the court says 20 weeks. Let's just, I, I don't, there's no reason for me to say that. I'm just throwing it out. 20 weeks. That's four months and change. Surely, I mean, other than some sort of a, 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 a diagnosed problem with the baby or a literal physical health threat to the mother. Not including those things, but surely a pregnant woman, by the time she's halfway into her pregnancy, would have some pretty decent feelings as to whether or not she wants to keep the child. Or give birth to the child, I should say. And Democrats would have a really, really hard time standing on saying that you should be able to get an abortion up until the due date. Especially if the court protects a blanket protection across the board for up until that whatever they choose is the time of viability. And that includes, by the way, that that would likely throw out the Texas law that allows private individuals to sue providers who who provide an abortion six weeks into the pregnancy. So that would take that argument away from them. And like I said, I don't actually believe the Democrats want to stand on late-term abortions. I'll be right back. There are so many other things in the news right now, by the way. The Snake River Lib, we're back. Thank you for listening. Um, I want to walk away from the uh, uh, the the abortion issue because there's a lot going on. Um, in this past week, uh, the majority leader of the Senate, uh, Chuck Schumer, tried to bring his uh, voting, uh, bring the House's voting right bill up for debate and a vote. 
It was filibustered. He then tried, even knowing he was going to lose, which perplexes me a little bit, knowing he was going to lose, tried to change the Senate rules. He lost 49 to 51. Vice President Harris was not necessary to break the tiebreaker because there was no tie. Kristen Sinema, Democrat from Arizona, <coughs> excuse me, and Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, both sided with the Republicans. So you could say that the bipartisan consensus, uh, such as there was, was against overriding the filibuster or getting rid of the filibuster. Now, President Biden, in a speech in Georgia last week, accused uh, me and several other people of being Bull Connor, uh, George Wallace. George Wallace, by the way, was somebody that Senator Biden admired. Or Jefferson Davis, of course, Jefferson Davis being the president of the Confederacy. If we did not support the voters' right bill, which would essentially take any voting regulation away from the states. You see, President Biden has forgotten, as Democrats have, or maybe it's intentional, that it is the United States of America, not a democracy, that the states are sovereign, except that they have chosen to give some authority for mostly external affairs, but also interstate affairs, affairs to the federal government. Oh, how times have changed. But he has essentially accused everybody. This is along the lines of Hillary and her deplorables and uh, such, that they... That they go to such extremes is just baffling to me. But there is fallout from this. Kristen Cinema has lost the support of Nural, which used to be the uh, Abortion Rights League. I don't know what it is now. doesn't matter. Um, and Emily's List. Both these groups are rabid pro-abortion groups. And Kristen Cinema has lost their support for when she decides to run re-election. My guess is she's not going to need it. Arizona is not truly a blue state. Certainly not a blue state. It's marginally even a purple state. Kristen Cinema, who's not, by the way, up for election in 2022, as is Mark Kelly, uh, the other senator, flat out explained that the filibuster needed to be there, that the filibuster was an essential part of ensuring that the minority voice was heard. Now, unlike most Republicans, I'm going to tell you that the Lib firmly believes that if you're going to filibuster a bill, it should actually be a talking filibuster. It should not be a, a procedural filibuster. 
The filibuster has been used entirely too often uh, in the course of this uh, century since 2000. And really, out in real in reality, it started picking up as soon as they changed the rules to get rid of the talking filibuster back in the 70s. And of course, they did that as explained before to so that other legislation can move on, which completely defeats the purpose of the filibuster. Is the filibuster was when a minority felt so strongly about an issue that they were willing to hold up the entire business of the U.S. Senate to have that issue addressed. Then they used it, but they had to talk it. They had to do it. Again, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's a perfect example of that. Now, it's famously noted that it was used for civil rights legislation. I won't tell you which party used it, but you already know. And if it wasn't for a majority of the Republicans in the Senate in the 1960s, that filibuster wouldn't have been broken. Not all the Republicans, including uh, Senator Goldwater, who felt that uh, the civil rights bill that was moving through uh, was wrong in that it had... Uh, um, measures against private businesses other than the removing of the laws. In other words, the Civil Rights Bill was every bit as wrong as the Jim Crow laws because the Civil Rights Bill mandated just a different approach. But I digress. Um, so back to Kristen uh, uh, Cinema. Now Neural and, and Emily's List are saying, no, we're changing our platform now so that voters' rights, blah, blah, blah. This, these bills, the John Lewis Act and the, and the and the Voter Right Act are, are ridiculous and dangerous. Nothing dilutes a legal cast vote more than the shadow of questionable ballots or even outright illegal ballots. Now, the Lib also believes, contrary to most people, that unless you have a compelling reason You should have to show up on election day and vote. Period. No early voting. No mandated. No, well, I don't feel like it, so I'm just going to vote by mail. But that you should show up with an ID and vote. The fact that they are still arguing against voter ID is ridiculous when you consider that in Washington, D.C. right now, for you to get into a restaurant or to shop at a store, you have to have a vaccine card that's up to date and a photo ID to prove that you are the person on that vaccine card. 
Think about that for a minute. You could starve. without an ID card in Washington, D.C. and New York. Starve. What else? Oh, Governor Yenkin of Virginia uh, just sworn in this past uh, Saturday, a week ago. Um, has started to implement several executive orders, which are simply follow-ups of what he promised. Again, Democrats are shocked that a candidate would actually do what they said. Now, the reason I said that, and this is what we're going to close with today, I want to talk about President Trump and President Biden. President Biden goes on and whines, calls Republicans, Jefferson Davis, George Wallace, and Bull Connor, all of whom were Democrats, by the way. And how they're not going along to get along. That they don't stand for anything. Well, they stand for a lot of things, but Biden wouldn't understand that because he doesn't even know what day it is. You see, when has President Biden taken a piece of legislation and broke it down to get uh, some bipartisan support, to try to get some bipartisan support? No, the bipartisan infrastructure bill can't be counted in that. Because without that infrastructure bill separate, there would have been no bipartisan support. So the Senate created a separate bill for that. Of course, Biden wasn't able to deliver on the other part. And truth is, most Republicans, the vast majority of Republicans, were against it simply because uh, only about $200 billion of the $1.2 trillion bill was for actual infrastructure. The rest of it was for social justice claptrap. Now, I want to compare that to a signature issue of what candidate Trump ran on. And I want you to listen to how far President Trump, once elected, was willing to go to get it done. We're talking about immigration, of course. President Trump wanted a wall. We can argue about the cost of the wall. The effectiveness of the wall doesn't matter. He wanted the wall. He wanted the wall so bad. And of course paid for up front. So what has ended up happening, the stopping construction of the wall 
wouldn't stop. That he offered amnesty to the illegals that are living in this country today or then to get a comprehensive immigration reform bill passed. I won't say why it wouldn't, with the Republican majority, get through, but it might begin with an F filibuster on the part of the Democrats. Remember that racist Jim Crow era Senate rule? Because the Republicans could have gotten it through, I think. All he wanted was the wall, and he was willing to give amnesty to all the illegals that were already here. And because the Democrats are really for open borders and not for an actual nation-state of the United States, They wouldn't give him what he wanted, even though he offered them amnesty and a pathway to citizenship. He lost, President Trump lost a lot of support when he did that. And people didn't forget. The Lib didn't forget. Now, is it practical to think about sending back 20 million people? No, our economy couldn't handle it. We don't have enough people working as it is. But you see, just like when, you, when you've got a pipe leaking into your basement, your basement's flooding. What's the first thing that you do before you get the shop vac out and start vacuuming up the water? Is you turn the water off. And that's where the problem is with immigration reform. Because it happened in 86 when immigration reform was passed and amnesty was passed. And because of that... No border security was ever enhanced or beefed up, even though it was promised. In 2000, was it 6 or 2007 when they were trying immigration reform under Bush, uh, W. Bush? Same thing. Except ultimately no money was allocated for the fence or the border. You know, the, the thing is, is that while, while Democrats love the voters or loved the thought of turning these uh, illegals into voters, Republicans love the thought of having cheap labor. 
But if you want to talk seriously about the border, this is what I'm going to close with. Here's the deal. We don't control the border. The cartels control the border. Human traffickers control the border. By us not controlling the border, by us allowing people in, we are facilitating slavery in the United States. We are facilitating human trafficking. by the cartels. We are facilitating the flow of fentanyl and other drugs into this country that's killing our people. The one thing the federal government is supposed to do is secure the border, and they're not. Just remember, Biden has not even tried to do any kind of compromise bill on anything. The only thing he's doing is trying to get bills passed that they can claim reconciliation, which is how they don't how they avoid the filibuster. And that Kamala Harris can break the tie, if necessary. There is no attempt at compromise legislation. And remember, President Biden is President Biden because he was sold to the country as the antidote to Bernie Sanders. And while the numbers that he advocates are not Bernie Sanders' numbers, make no mistake, the policies that he advocates are Bernie Sanders' policies. Biden was sold as a moderate. He governs like a fascist communist. It's a snake river limb.